So we are continuing um, our message called Intentional Living, Intentional Living, um, and, and, and it's really living with purpose on purpose. I love how that's, that's laid out, living with purpose on purpose. Now, if you've if you missed a couple messages, you can go back and find out um, what everyone's purpose is, because that's the question everybody has, what's my purpose? And we, we, we laid that out very clearly, which is, Everyone has the same purpose, but everyone has different callings, and purpose plus callings equals destiny. That's the thing that you've done in your life when you meet the Lord, and he says, man, you fulfilled your destiny, but everyone has the same purpose, and that's to love God and love people, but everyone has different callings. Those are the specific things you do, your unique abilities, talents in the different various times and seasons that you do in life. And by the way, they are callings, they're various, because you can be called to be a dad or a husband or a mom or a wife, a brother, a son, a business owner, a teacher, you name it, all the way through, those are various callings. You guys get that? But the same purpose is given to everybody. We're there to celebrate God and celebrate people. I wanted to lay that out because we live with that purpose, but now we live it on purpose, like we actually do something about it. We don't just hear the word, but we actually put it into practice. Amen. God has purpose, calling, and destiny stored up for you and I, and in order to fulfill destiny, we must embrace this thing called intentional living, because intentional living will transform you and the people around you. So as I think about people who, who made huge impacts in life outside of Jesus himself, I would say that Paul was arguably uh, the, the second, the most influential person in the Bible. We can argue about that, but, but I would just say uh, Paul was probably the most influential person in the Bible because he wrote two-thirds of all the books of the New Testament, and I believe that he has impacted billions, billions with his writing and his stories, amen, billions of people, think about that. So I wanted to figure out, here's a guy that's, that's just like us. He's just a guy, he, he, he's, he's, he, he's gone through life, he's had many ups and downs and different things he's gone through, but he's a person just like us, and he writes this verse in Philippians 4, 9, and he says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. There's so much in this verse right here, but, but I, what, what sticks out is the word practice. Say practice, meaning to perform repeatedly. That is also the Greek de definition of the word disciple. We're supposed to make disciples of all people. It's the same word disciple. When you see practice, <clears throat> you think of disciple. Someone who has a habit of learning, one who creates a God habit. I believe Paul had a daily routine. It was intentional, it was calculated. He knew the benefits of this routine and experienced the proven results. So I'm, I'm going to give you a taste of the rest of this series in, in these next few verse, in the verses I'm going I'm to show you. But I wanted to show you verse 9 because Paul is, is telling us, hey, I want you to have peace in your life. 
I want, you to, I want you to live in that sweet spot of life, knowing that God loves you, he's got a plan for you, but I wanna give you a, a principle or a key here. And he says, I want you to put into practice everything I've learned, everything you saw me doing. Say practice. So then if you read the verses prior to this, we're gonna find out what he practiced, and we're gonna, we're gonna unpack this in the next few weeks as we finish this series powerful, powerful things to be intentional with in your life that, again, will not only transform you, but will transform the people around you. So Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then he goes on in verse 9 saying, hey, practice. Keep putting what I just told you, what you saw me, practice. Say practice. If you want a subtitle, this message is simply called The Routine. The Routine. Paul had this daily routine. And I think that this was Paul's morning routine. Morning routine. Uh, Here's the backdrop of what we just read. He is writing this from a prison, one of the darkest times of his life, literally and figuratively. He was imprisoned in a dungeon where the sewage would flow through on a continual basis about waist high. Think about that. The majority of his day was spent in complete darkness. His arms were chained to the wall, and because he was a Roman citizen, he was given the opportunity to write letters and read his mail, and this happened once a month. So think about his arms chained to a wall, and all of a sudden the the light pops open, and he says, hey, Paul, you can put your arms down. You can write letters. So he writes a letter to these churches, and in this church, it's it's the church in Philippi. And by the way, Paul was in prison for just simply preaching the gospel. That's it. He was preaching the good news, and they threw him in prison. So Paul develops a routine that proves to have supernatural benefits. And he would pass this information on in a letter to, again, a free church, a church that's not imprisoned, in the hopes that they would follow this routine. This routine was Paul's lifeline. This routine was his fountain of life and peace. And it is proven to be a treasure to all who live by it. In other words, if you practice this, you will be blessed. So the next few weeks, we will dissect these verses and discover the power that lies within them. But today, I want to inspire you with the power of the routine. Say the routine. And we say, yay, yay, (laughs) great. To to all you spontaneous fly by the seat of your pants, figure out things as you go off the top of your head. People, you're going to love this message. Routine, just kidding. By the way, I was that person fly by the seat of your pants. Uh, 
Now, I'm not a pro at routine, but I, I'm the perfect person to talk about this because I've lived in both worlds. And I have experienced the blessings of doing something routinely and consistently. By the way, I am not against spontaneity. I think we need balance. But I've discovered that a secret to success is found in your daily routine. A routine to stretch you in order to bless you. A routine in order to stretch you so that God can bless you. Because this is what I know about routine. Routine will create rhythm. You know, I don't know if you knew this, but all of us have rhythm. Like when God created you, he built rhythm in you. Now, you know, I'm not saying you, 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 may, you may have a difficult time, but you can learn rhythm. Rhythm is in you. Like when God created you, because he's a God of rhythm, he placed rhythm in you. There's a, there's a movement in you that, that has rhythm to it. He's a God of timing. What I found out about routine is routine will eliminate distraction. And a good routine will eliminate chaos and havoc. And I know what we're, we're, we're thinking, man, I wish so-and-so was here today. You know, I wish my kids were here today. No, you're here today. Um, M has a routine, Emily, of eliminating clutter in our house. Like there's just a constant things that are piling up outside getting ready to go to, um, to uh, what's that? Yes. What did you say? <laughs> Salvation Army. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to think of what Salvation Army. Goodwill Salvation Army. But uh, so it just piles up. And, and, and I know that there comes a time, you know, when I got to take that stuff, put it in the back of my truck and bring it over there. But it, it's cool because when it piles up too much, it's like it gets in the way. It, it, it impedes our getting out the door because there's so much stuff there. So I know, but it, it, is, a, it is a great routine that if basically you're not using it, it's gone, right? If that thing's not being used, it's gone. Now I get it. See, I'm by nature probably a clutter person or I'm, I'm a person that's probably more sentimental and I would probably hang on to things longer than I should. Emily knows that. So she, listen, there's grace there. She, she lets me have my few piles that I have, but they've gotten a lot smaller over the years. As you know, what I've said before, when I first met Emily, I'd pile of clothes in the corner, you know, because I didn't use a hamper or a basket when I met her, I started throwing her in the basket. So things, I, I, I'm, I started good habits and routines after I met Emily. But she's got this routine that just eliminates clutter. And, and I think that that is actually a picture of us spiritually and what we're, we're, we're do, what's happening in our lives is that when you can get a routine, a good God routine in your life, it'll actually eliminate clutter that impedes things, that hinders you in different ways. Anybody here today? Good, thank you. So here's what we need to know about the routine. God invented the routine. Psalm 19, one through two says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God, the skies display his craftsmanship day after day. They continue to speak and night 
after night they make him known. Every day and every night, the sun, moon, stars speak of God's greatness. That's their routine. Seems boring, right? I tell you this, they were not bored. The sun, moon, the stars were not bored. This is what they were created to do. This is their purpose. And I'll say this to you, what seems boring will be your greatest blessing. What seems to be boring, what seems to be that routine that you've been bucking against your whole life could be your greatest blessing and I believe will be. 1 Corinthians 14, 40 says this, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. I knew this would be a quiet one today. But I just soak it up, soak it up, the routine, the routine. Because I believe with all of my heart that the supernatural thing that you're believing for in your life comes from something very practical and simple called the routine. It's amazing how everything in the universe was created perfect and has remained in perfect order for thousands of years. Isn't it fascinating that the earth rotates in perfect time, minute by minute? I want to sing a Doobie Brothers song right there. Minute by minute, day by day, year after year, century after century. God did that. He started it in the beginning. His routine was six days, and then he rested on the seventh. That's our week. All of the the great leaders in the Bible had some routine in their lives. Daniel prayed three times a day. It was his routine. Moses had a routine of spending time in the presence of God every day, and then he showed Joshua how to do that, and Joshua started a routine. One thing that most successful leaders possess is a routine. Say routine. Some of you are going to love me today, and some of you aren't. I knew Meg would like this message today. Meg, Look at her just screaming back there. She's a routine girl. Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett, Ben Franklin, Beethoven, Daniel, Moses, David, the list goes on and on and on. It's a common denominator called a routine. All did something on a regular basis that impacted their life and the lives of those around them. Fulfilling your destiny has the secret, has a few secrets, but the one is this. It's all about routine. Oh man, it's all about routine. Listen, I'm not against spontaneity. I love it. I love spontaneous, but I'm telling you right now, it's all about routine. All of those leaders I just mentioned had had unique abilities, but there here's one thing. We, we all have unique talents, but what most don't have is the ability to create routines that help us focus and make the best of our natural talents. Like I said, today is the, today is the day where my church is going to split. You guys are going to head to some other church. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're not going anywhere. You love it here. I love it here. This place is great. I love my church. I really do. I think we have the greatest people in the world. So a few of those people, Steve Jobs, again, you know, just, just a, a leader who had a lot of success, 
he talks about one daily habit that probably made the biggest impact in his life and work. Because every day, he'd ask himself, if today was the last day of my life, what would I want to do what I'm about to do today? If it was what I'm about to do, would I do it if I knew it was the last day of my life? Just think about that for a moment because I think one thing that Christians and people in general don't do is they don't think about things critically, right? We gotta think about it. Think about it. this is your last day. I guarantee you things would change. You would look at the people around you and say, man, I love you. I love you. You'd say I love you probably a thousand times in a day because you realize that life is short and those people that you love, they, they could be gone in a moment. Oh, would things change, wouldn't they? You would probably be, be at the store just looking for people to say, hey, God loves you or can I help you? What can I do for you, right? Life is short. The Bible calls it a wisp of air. When knowing that will give you the ability to make cho right choices and even big ones, being reminded that we are mortal will compel us to follow God's amazing plan for our lives. Ben Franklin's morning routine started with one question, what good shall I do today? What good shall I do today? Every morning, what good shall I do today? So he set his agenda for about 7 a.m. And then Franklin would work from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., three hours, and then again from 2 to 5 p.m. And at the end of the day, he asked himself, what good have I done today? His routine had a singular focus doing the most good each day. And in the evenings, he'd revisit the day's events to see if he'd achieved the goals from the morning. Beethoven would wake up at dawn, have a cup of coffee, and would work till 3 p.m. He'd usually take a small break for lunch followed by a midday walk. In fact, Beethoven had a tendency to take frequent, well-timed breaks, a trait common to most great achievers. He knew how to pace himself and avoid burnout. So Beethoven's morning, say morning, were focused on his most important work, creating music. There's a common denominator with all leaders, Bible or the world, that have found greater territory and success in life. They, all, they stayed focused on their cause of their life goal. They stayed focused. And I said a couple weeks ago, your purpose, our purpose, is to celebrate God and celebrate people. When you lose that purpose, you're gonna lose hope. But when you wake up every day knowing that I can impact someone's life, I can make a difference in someone's life today through my unique abilities and talents and giftings, man, you're gonna have purpose every morning. And, and you know what? And by the way, every single one of y'all, that's a Texas phrase, one of y'all Every single one of us is absolutely, vitally, critically important to the plan God wants to, 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 to fulfill on this earth. I mean, critical and vital. You are vital to God and what he wants to do. Did you know that? You're valuable and you're vital. They stayed focused on the cause of their life goal, their purpose. And they were all pros at eliminating distraction 
Come on, hear this. They were all pros at eliminating distraction that might take them away from their main focus. <laughs> distraction, hello, come on, right? We laugh and we cry <laughs> because how many times have we been distracted by things? We said, doggone it, how did I get distracted by that? But they became pros because they practiced. Listen, you will get good at what you practice. That's it. Whatever you practice, you're going to get good at, good or bad. But when it's good, I guarantee you'll be a pro at it. So here's another thing they had in common. They were all early risers and made, and made the most of the first few hours of their morning. Came <laughs> quiet in here. Oh, great. You know, Dan, it took so much for me to get out of my cozy bed this morning just to make it here. Um, I get it. And look at this. Almost every one of them, this is so important, incorporated some form of exercise into their daily routine. So simple, but I want to show you something. It's simple but powerful, but do you know where it came from? God. God developed it. God made this, God showed, God created every single one of those leaders, whether they knew Jesus or not, God created them in his image and he put in them a rhythm and a routine and a, and a, and a secret to, to, to success in life. So Jesus catches this, the very son of God. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. Here, look at what he did. Mark 1, 35. He got this from his heavenly father, very Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I'll show you some keys in this verse in a moment. But right now, I just want to let you know, hey, so we're all different. So it works for some might not work for others, but here's what I'm gonna say. Emily is more structured than I am. And we practice walking with God differently. And that's okay. The point is, however, that practice we must. Say practice, we must. So here are a few things to get you started. If you wanna fulfill your destiny through intentional living, and we want to understand that the routine is an extremely important part of your destiny, then you must simply start. Say start. Make a decision to begin. A journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Just start. And when I'm, when I'm, Getting this message ready, I went back to my first message, the first message I ever spoke 20-something years ago, and hasn't gotten any better, but it was the first message I spoke. Listen, remember, I skipped school whenever I had to speak in public. I skipped it. I skipped school whenever I had to speak in public. That's just the way it was. Terrified. So you can imagine that I'm a brand new believer, just figuring this stuff out, 
walking with God, and God says, uh, so I get an email and says, hey, you, you should, you know, you should uh, talk to this pastor about the youth pastor position. I'm like, what is that? I didn't know what, I was just, uh, deer in the headlights, I meet him. He says, why don't you come and preach a message? Emily remembers this. We were up very, very late in the night. I called it keys to the kingdom. I literally cut out these big honking keys out of cardboard, wrote a Bible verse on them and something in the back, and it was just this, this, this thing. It took, I was, you know, that's why I don't have as much hair for simply that first message because that was one of the most terrifying moments. I was so, I didn't sleep at all that night. But it's amazing. I talked to some of those, they're not kids anymore, they're in their 30s. Pastor Dan, I still have my key. I still have my cardboard key. I remembered your first message. I wanted to forget my first message. It was, it felt like a train wreck. But I had to start somewhere. Whether it's a first song or your first blog or your first business, just start. Say start. Don't watch and wait. Look at this verse in Ecclesiastes 11. I love this verse. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Start. Just do something. Don't wait for your destiny. Nike it. Just do it. Proverbs 10 verse 4. Look at this. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. There's power in starting. We just got to meet um, Tucker. Tucker, where's Adeline? Is she here? She probably, that's fine, yeah. Tucker is Adeline's new boyfriend. They made it official about two months ago. And then Adeline came home, and he came to visit us for a few days. So Tucker was in just uh, over the 4th of July. We tried to show him northern Michigan uh, as much as we could in, in just a few days. But anyways, we're talking to him, and he, he loves God, and, and God did an amazing thing in his life. That's, those are a couple things that we, we definitely look at. As we, we, I just want to know what your relationship is like with God. Is it real? Is it fake? Or is it religious? Or is it authentic? And so he, he shared his testimony. It was, it was powerful, what God has brought him through, brought him through a lot of stuff, his, his background. And uh, then we said, well, how'd you meet Anna Lynn? You know, and so he goes through the story of, of, of how he met her. He saw her. He saw that she was, you know, really beautiful or, or you know, he just really was attracted to her, and, but, he, but he was too afraid. And so his friend would say to him, his friend would say, so, um, so you're going to ask her out? Probably not. So when are you going to talk to her? Probably never. And week after week after week, he's like, he's going to be that guy that just never did anything about it until one day he decided to do something about it. And he met her. And here he is now in our lives. And I don't, it's just crazy to me how God will just do something through one little simple start. Just a start. Is anybody here today? Too many of us let our dreams slip away simply because we're too afraid to take one step forward, take action even when it's scary. Let's face it, what is familiar to us is almost always better than the unknown because it feels safe. 
when we're comfortable with the status quo, things are at least predictable, even if they are boring and painful. However, successful leaders make it their habit to shatter the status quo. They know that growth and remarkable change can only come from doing what is unfamiliar, bold, and new. And the majority of us stay in our comfort zone because, because change is scary. What if it doesn't work out? What if you decide too late that you were better off where you were? These unknowns can potentially keep you stuck in the fear of creating change. Then you end up staying where you've been feeling unfulfilled. Make it your habit to get out of your own way and take some risks. You may not win, but at least you'll learn. Come on. God loves the risk taker. He loves it. Matter of fact, faith and risk go hand in hand. A friend sent this to me the other day. He says, for about 20 or 30 years, I've had a little blue card on my bedroom dresser that simply says, action conquers fear. Action conquers fear. It's been a great reminder for him over the years. So start, say start. But start small. Say start small. When John Grisham, anyone John Grisham fans here, right? He's, he's done a lot of movies and, and he wrote a lot of books that became movies. Um, a popular novelist, first began writing. Um, he still had a day job as a lawyer. So he started writing but had a day job as a lawyer. To do both, he'd wake up at 5 a.m., shower, then head to work five minutes from home. By 5.30, he was sitting at his desk with a cup of coffee and a yellow legal pad. And this is when the one-page-per-day plan kicked in. He'd set himself a simple target to write one page each day. Sometimes this page appeared in 10 minutes, while other times it took two hours. Regardless, he stuck to his routine and finished that page before he started his day's work as a lawyer. John Grisham, hugely successful. Books everywhere. Let me just say this. Start small and things will get big. Start small, and things will get big. Is this the right church? Okay. Matthew 25, 23 says this. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Woo. So easy to get lost in the excitement of chasing a new idea or dream. Listen. Before we even take the first step, we're trying to scale the entire mountain. True, right? You get a vision in your head, you're like, let's do it, we can do this thing, but you've never practiced the small thing. Keep practicing the small things, and God will bring you the bigger thing. Isn't that good? Don't get discouraged. It's all the process of learning and practice and growing and all the stuff that God wants to do. We tend to overestimate what we can do in the short term and we underestimate what God will do in the long term. Success is just a series of small steps over time. Success is just a series of small steps over time. Start small. Put it back up there. Just start small. Say start small. 
Here it comes. Start small. See, if, if, there's a, if there's a secret in this truth, it lies in this little thing called consistency. Small changes that are sustained over time will make all the difference in the world. Small changes sustained over time will make all the difference in the world. I, I've said this before, consistency breeds consistency. You know that? It does. What you sow, you'll reap. The routine. The routine. You guys have just locked into routine. You came to church today. Listen, you came to church. There, there was something that God, he, in you that says, hey, let's go to church. Let's get to church. You guys are following his routine. It's a routine. That's why the Bible says, hey, don't forsake. Get together often because I want you to understand this routine. When you get around people that will celebrate you, and, and, and by the way, they're all, they also have tough stuff they're going through. It's a great routine to follow especially as you see the last days approach. So start, start small, and here we go. I'm gonna get someone mad here. Start early. <laughs> How many night owls here? Raise your hands. How many people here make you stay up late? Come on, raise them high and be proud of it. Night owls. I'm raising my hand too. Now, my, my being a night owl, that was totally formed by my own <laughs> <laughs> I just stay up late. I always, I always was afraid I was going to miss something, you know. So I stay up late, miss the show, stay up as late as I can, then conk out, and then by the time, and if I did that so many times, I'd be like, oh, I, I couldn't get up at eight, I couldn't get up at nine. Next thing you know, it's getting later and later. But there's something about starting early, the morning. I was never a morning person. Like I said, Emily's amazing. You know, she, you know, it's getting, it, she is very, very joyful most of the time. But usually it, it's about, it only takes her a moment. Once she gets her coffee, boom, she's ready to go. Like you get that one cup of coffee, smell it, it's like she perks up. And, but she's really ready to go. She's like a morning person, you know. She's, she's like automatically taking things out of the dishwasher. I mean, she's going in the morning. Takes me a little longer. But I'm getting there. The morning. One, one thing that I do that I love to do is, is and when, when I do it often, and that's just getting up when nobody else is up. It's, it's still dark. No, nobody's up. <laughs> it's quiet. It's, I, it's awesome. If you've never done it, try it. It's so good. Matter of fact, the, the, I can't tell you how many times I got up early and, and I got all my chores done, all the things I needed to do, and it was like 11 o'clock. I got the rest of the day. Psalm 5, verse 3, look at this. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly, say in the morning. 
Jesus himself models, we read before, a pattern of meeting with the Father early morning prayer throughout his entire ministry. Listen, Jesus knew, look at this, Jesus knew that if he did not meet with his heavenly Father first thing in the morning, he would find it challenging to find the time to meet with him once he became preoccupied with the ministry of the day. Do you realize this, this just happens every single day? I, I, I guarantee you, once your day gets going, everything else gets going, doesn't it? It's like everything else, I mean, people come into your life, I mean, things happen, trials and tests, I mean, it just, that day happens, it's coming. But if you meet with Jesus in the morning, you're prepared better for all the things that will come your way. The people, there's no way Jesus knew he could not handle the weight humanly of the ministry that was coming. And by the way, his ministry was off the hook. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of people. I mean, multiplying bread, healing bodies. I mean, casting out demons. That was his daily routine, by the way. He couldn't have done it. So, so, so here he learns this. Again, Mark 135 as we finish up. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, let me say this. If Jesus felt the need to get an early morning start, if the author and finisher of our faith needed to meet with God each morning to receive his marching orders and draw enough strength, mental stamina, and wisdom to help others, then how much more critical must an early morning routine be for us? So I must be more powerful and stronger than Jesus, right? If I don't need it, right? I don't need it. Come on, I'm just be honest here. That's how I used to think. I can handle it, God. I got everything. You can handle it. <laughs> no, you can't, Dan. You need to come meet with me. Spend time with me this morning because I've got some great things for you. And I believe this too, is that, is that if, if I create a habit of not spending time with Jesus, I'm telling you right now, I think I forfeit some of the things and the people he wants me to meet in that day. Come on. You guys hear that? But when I develop a routine of just simply spending time with God, he begins to bring me opportunities. So I get it. Sometimes it's incredibly tough and takes an amount of self-discipline to drag ourselves out of a cozy bed. We'd rather get an extra hour of sleep. But look what you are missing, Psalm 90, verse 14. This is what we're missing. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love. Do you realize that if we don't get his love first thing in the morning, you're gonna think God doesn't love you throughout the day because so much stuff is gonna happen. You're gonna think, God, why'd you do this? Why'd you? He's gonna say, no, 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 I'm not doing that. That's just the world. But I, if, if, if we could get up early in the morning, I could, I could get you ready for the day and tell you how much I love you, Dan. I'll tell you how much I love you this morning, amen? If you can get that early in the morning, then all the stuff that you do go through won't be as hard. It won't, it won't scramble your brain. You won't be deceived satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy. <laughs> it sounds like he got love in the morning and he got joy in the evening. That's how it goes. Starting early is, is one of the reasons why God blesses us in such a powerful way. Psalm 143, verse 8, we're almost done. Look at this. Let the morning bring me word, here we go, you guys, look at, of your what? unfailing 
love, for I put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Do you realize, you know, it just seems like when I get up early, I don't know about you, when I get up early, it just seems like the devil's asleep. <laughs> like he, he was up all night wreaking havoc. He must be tired. But when I get up in the morning to spend time, it's like he's just not around. He's like, you know, he's like, he's off sleeping, sleeping on a rock or something, you know. But I know he's going to get up soon. He, he's, he's probably lazy and he's probably going to get up around, you know, one, two, three in the afternoon. He's going to start causing havoc again. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not saying that's biblical. It just seems like to me that, that when I wake up in the morning, it's just quiet. It's just me and God. It's awesome. Start early. Turn to your neighbor and say, Start early. Now say this, say, start early. Doggone it. <laughs> and here's, here's the most important part of, of this message. Start, right? Start small. Start early. Start with God. Just start with God. It just seems a common theme this morning is God says, listen, just please start by knowing that I love you. I celebrate over you. I love you so much. But start with God because he'll say this in 1 Timothy 4.8. Paul's telling Timothy, a young guy in ministry, he says, for physical training is of some value. Look at this. But godliness has value for, say it, all things. This Godly, starting out with God in the morning, giving your first to God has a value for all. I mean, when, he, when God says all, he means all. For God so loved the world that he gave his, God, we talked about the world, he's talking about all the world. He loves everybody. When he says all, he means all. When you create and allow God to create and just really step into his plan of a routine, you're gonna find out that that is affecting every single part of your life. It has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Isn't that awesome? God has blessings for you now. God has blessings for you now when you start the routine. start the routine. And it's okay. It's, it's, not, it's not difficult. I love the fact that, that I, I love you version. Um, listen, I read my Bible. I've got an actual Bible I read, but I also read the you version on my phone. It's such a great reminder. A verse pops up. I can read. I can read around the verses. Some great plans. What I'm saying is that God has given us so many tools. Bibles and, and podcasts and wonderful worship music. I mean, music has come up really high. You know, when I first gave my heart to the Lord 22 years ago, I'm like, man, Christian music, okay, kind of struggling right now. Because I came out of like, you know, the, the, the latest, the best stuff and, you know, out of the world. And I got saved. I'm like, is there, and then all of a sudden, jars of clay started coming out. And then, um, and then it was, um, what would people say if they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? No, not Newsboys. Newsboys are good too. What? DC Talk came out. I'm like, Okay, I can actually hand these to my unsaved friends. <laughs> this is good music. 
this is really good. But now music has come so far. I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart, we're the head and not the tail. You're going to see Christian music. You're going to see music, and, and it's getting better. And it's when people, it doesn't have to be necessarily, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not going off, getting off here. It doesn't have to be necessarily Christian, like, like I, I'm part of a Christian community. You can actually stealthily weave Christ in ways into people's lives through music by, by just telling your life and your testimony. Please hear me. We're not locked in to, to just one way of reaching people through music. You know what I'm saying? Just be you. Be you in Christ. Be free and tell people about what he's done in your life. That was a tangent. Start with God. Listen to the radio stations we have. Get it in your brain. Read a verse in the morning. Consistently talk to God wherever you're at. Start with the right news in the morning. Not Fox News, not CNN, which I believe is constantly negative news, what it stands for, or even the Cadillac News. Get the good news first and then go pick up a paper. Then go turn your TV on. Right? Start with God. So here's your challenge. And if you have notes um, in there, we put in there this thing called reps. Say reps. R-E-P-S. And this is just, this is your challenge for the next seven days. Okay? This is what, this is your intentional living for the next seven days. And that's just called reps. Reps. Short for repetitions. We all, want to, we all want to be more like Jesus, right? Like we, we want to be more like him. We're supposed to, right? Good. Look what he did. Go right back. Just look what he did. And as I finish, Mark 1.35, check this out. Look at this. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. The greatest leader that we've ever known in the history of mankind just got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. There's four things in here. There's four things I see in here right now. I notice, well, here's, here, here they are. Look at Jesus got up early. I usually went to bed late. Jesus left the house and walked somewhere. Jesus spent time with God alone. Jesus went to a place of silence. So here's four things that we do. Will you do this for God? Will you create a routine starting seven days? I promise you, you will not. It'll be one of the most amazing things you do. It's called reps. Number one, when you wake up early in the morning, read. Say read. Read for 10 minutes. 10-minute 10 read. Jesus spent time with God. We, we spend time with God in our days with the Word of God which is Jesus himself, right? Jesus is the Word. So just read, just read the Word. Number two, exercise. And by the way, you don't have to do these in this order, okay? Exercise. When Jesus left the house, he didn't call an Uber. He didn't call a donkey. He, I know he walked everywhere. He walked. Jesus 
exercised every day. Matter of fact, I said where he walked 40 miles to, to be baptized. We only have to walk like a few feet. 40 miles. Go for a quick run, quick walk. Something that stimulates your body. Exercise. Say exercise. Number three, pray. Pray for 10 minutes. All these 10 minutes. Read the word for 10 minutes. Exercise for 10 minutes. Pray for 10 minutes. Jesus prayed. Spent time with God praying. And I believe part of praying is just simply thanking God for his goodness. Thank you, Lord. I love you. Thank you for all that you do. And the last one is this solitude, silence, silence for 10 minutes. Try it. Oh, it's going to drive you batty and drive you crazy. Silence. Just zip it. Zip it. Get a journal because you hear from God. Write something down. Oh, man. God is saying this. Say reps. Read, pray. I'm sorry, read, exercise, pray, solitude. This is what Jesus, look at, look at uh, Mark 135, we're done, but look at that again. I just want to show you, I'm telling you the truth. Very early in the morning, in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and walked. He exercised, left the house, went off to a, a solitary place where he prayed. Come on, it's all right there. And if Jesus had to do it, if he knew the importance of it, how much more important is it for us to do that? Who's up for the challenge? Come on, who's up? Come on, I guarantee you it'll transform your life. Seven days turns into 14 to 21, and all of a sudden you're like on this routine, and next thing you're like, oh my goodness, this has been one of the best. Pastor Dan was right. I'm gonna tell him he's right. Emily, is that right? <laughs> no, <laughs> you're right, <laughs> thank you. That's the second time in her life she told me I was right. Um, Hey, we love you guys. Let's pray. Let's, yes, sir. Rich, what are you saying? You're holding up your phone. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. Put that reps up again. Thank you for, okay. Um, you can take a picture of that if you want to. Just take a picture of a reminder. Or you can, if we have notes available, you can. But that, just take a picture. Oh, by the way, who has phones right now? Okay, it's very key that you bring your phones to church in the next few weeks. I mean, it's going to be good. Just bring your phones. Bring your phones. It's part of the deal. Take a picture of it. You want me in there and take a picture of me? That's fine. If it, if it makes that, it'll enhance that. It'll be like, I'll give you a mean face like, come on, early in the morning. No. You guys, this is trans, this will transform your life. This is called intentional living. Do something about it, right? Do something about it and get the benefits. Reap the benefits from it. We love you guys. Let's just pray. Lord, I thank you, God, for showing us the power of a routine, of the routine. God, I pray over every single person here right now. God, because we know, we think in, 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 our, in our minds, can I do that? Yes, you can. If you start, and if you start small, and if you start early, and if you start with God, you can do it. You can do it. Don't try to scale the mountain before you take the first step. You can do it. I pray for just the ability and Holy Spirit, I'm relying on you to speak to every person here as they're getting going in their life, in their day, in their week, to show them the importance of just being with you and knowing your love, God. Would you bless everyone here in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Hey, have a great day, and we'll see you guys uh, next week. Don't miss the rest of these. They're going to get better.